Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Um, I believe the Lord's going to speak to everyone today, so happy Mother's Day, and we want to begin today with prayer, and we want to, I'm going to invite you to posture yourselves to receive, so if you're okay, and if you want to join us, you can bring out your hands in a posture of receiving, I believe the Lord is going to speak to us today, Um, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you, thank you for this beautiful day, what an amazing day, the sun is shining, We feel your warmth embrace today, Lord. I believe that every mother that is here today is going to be refreshed. I believe that every mother here today is going to be set free. And I believe that every mother here is going to be empowered to walk out of here and own her role, God. We thank you for them. We thank you for their life. We thank you for those um, that came with her today and even those that are not with her yet. Lord, we pray a blessing over them. Speak through me, God. Speak through my husband, Lord. Let the words that flow out of us plant good seed today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. um, We're going to... I'm going to invite you to read with me. It is our custom that we stand as we read, and then I'll let you guys sit down. Um, 1 Samuel 1 and First Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Now, bear with me because you may think I'm speaking in tongues right now, but I'm actually going to be reading a bunch of names. You got a lot of kids. So names hang in up, there. Okay. Pray for me. There was a certain man from Ramathime, a Sufite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Suf, an Ephraimite, he had two wives. Uh (laughs) One was called Hannah, and the other was Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had none. And for the next few moments, we want to preach to you on the subject of the other woman. Can you say the other woman? Awesome. Uh, you Thank may you be may have seated. a seat. Well, hey, before we get going into our message, let me ask you guys a question. And let me just kind of uh, lay out a framework for you. There is an author uh, by the name of Simon Sinek. Anybody ever heard of Simon Sinek? He authored a book. Um, That's called Start With Why. And if you've never read any of his books, you need to read a book by Simon Sinek. He is an incredible uh, author, leadership savant. That's why I read his stuff. He is a great, um, it's a great thinker. It's a great mind. And he wrote this book called The Infinite Game. And in this book, he describes something called a worthy rival. Can you all say worthy rival? Let me tease that out. If you're wondering, what is a worthy rival? Well, he argues that organizations, companies, and people can only get to the levels of greatness when they have a worthy rival. They they achieve greatness when there is a rival in their life that helps to propel them into greatness. So so let, let me try to explain this in layman's terms for people in the tent. When we start talking about 
the greatest of all time. We all have fun debates about it, right? Um, we, we like to debate who's the greatest of all time. So, so let me just throw out some names and you guys compliment with the other person that they say. So we're talking about basketball. The greatest of all time is either LeBron James or? Okay, okay. Where's all my Jordan fans? Hands up. There's. All right. Yeah. Obi's pretty good too. He's like Michael Light. All right. Um. <laughs> now let's 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 do singers. It, it, it's either Whitney or. All right, ladies got that one. Bonus points to the ladies right there. All right, let's get let's let's talk to the culture right now. When you're talking about rappers, it's either Biggie or. Okay, so you guys get what I'm saying. A worthy rival is when there's just someone that 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 we just in time we've associated another person that actually propels these conversations of who is the greatest, the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Now, now I say all of that because in the Bible, there was also this rivalry here between Peninnah and Hannah. I don't know if you know this, but before there was a LeBron and a Michael, before there was a Whitney and Mariah, before there was a Tupac and a Biggie, there was another rivalry. And listen, if your rivalry makes it into the Bible, that's intense. You know what I mean? This is like a biblical proportion type rivalry. And the first rivalry we find in the scriptures is Hannah, I'm sorry, Hannah and Peninnah. It's okay, babe. Those names are... Those names are tough. We're going to get through this. (laughs) Now, Hannah, she was living with her rival, Peninnah. And the Bible states in 1 Samuel chapter 1 that Peninnah was a bully. She would um, taunt tease and provoke Hannah year after year. And the Bible says that it happened for a long time to the point that Hannah would break down emotionally Mm -hmm. every year. And, um, you know, she, could you imagine living with your Bible? That would be terrible, right? I mean, every time that she got a win in life, you had to see it. Every time she got a promotion, you had to see it. Every time she got her baby, you got to see it. Every time that she got something that you wanted, you had to see it. And the fact that she is your rival means that no matter how altruistic her win, you can never celebrate it because she's your rival, right? You're not going to be happy for her. You don't feel good for her ever. So can you shout rival? If you're online, I hope you can relate as well because the irony of this situation is that every one of us lives with our rival. And you may be thinking right now, how is that? Because we don't have another woman living in our home, but I know that we have another woman living in our head. That's worth writing down, by the way, for those (laughs) of you taking notes. Yes, that is definitely worth repeating and letting you stew on because... We don't have another woman living in our home, but we have another woman living rent-free, harassing us, (laughs) tormenting us, and getting us emotional and having a giving us emotional breakdowns. Man, that Bible verse messed me up. (laughs) My my tongue. Um, It's breaking us down emotionally. It's all in our heads. Now, I don't know about you, but that's. That's universal across cultures, across nations. And even if you're a man, even if you're a child, teenager here today, you can relate because we all have that rival in our heads. 
Now, the other woman, this rival that we have in our head, is the imaginary person who you want to be, who you want to always strive for and achieve, but you can't. It's the made-up version of yourself. The rival is a picture-perfect version of yourself that you can never, ever, ever be. And I think you know what I mean, right? We create this rival in our minds of who we would be if we had more money. We create this rival in our minds of who we would be if um, I was a little taller. We create this rival in our minds of who we could be if we were slimmer, right? Or if we didn't have to work for full time. I think we think about that very well. We even hate on our husbands for having to work, right? Or we Pray even. For me. <laughs> I think that we even, yeah, you, we drown ourselves emotionally in these thoughts. Mm-hmm. We think about who we would be if we did work full time. It's like we're never happy. If we're, we want to work full time, then we don't want to work full time. It's this constant rivalry, this constant attacks of this rival in our heads. Now we put ourselves in these positions of bondage and made up prisons all in our heads. Now, we may even spiral in our thoughts and think about not even having married Josh, right? Or your husband, but but not here, not here. here. It's a different church. I think it was a nine o'clock Everyone's happy with their spouse here. Yeah, Um, and I just wanna pause because next Monday we celebrate our 19 year anniversary. I cannot believe that. Um, all glory to God. It is by his grace because we got married when we were 12. Yeah, very young. So um, I, just <laughs> I just thank God for that. And I'm pausing because for 19 years, I've had to fight lots of rivals. I've had to endure lots of mental battles just like we all have. And this was Hannah's dilemma. She had to endure penina. But your rival is living in your head. Yeah, that's so good. And um, I want to shift my focus now to Elkanah, her husband, because I think Elkanah, I mean, the man tried. I, like he, he, he really, really tried. And if you don't know the story of Elkanah, you're going to relate to him right now in just a minute because every time his wife would get in these moods, and again, she's getting in these moods because she didn't have an imaginary rival she had a literal rival living in her home. And anytime she would get in her head, he would try to make it better. And it seems like no matter what he did, come on, man, how many can relate? No matter what we do, we don't make it any better. Come on. We've all been there before, right? And I'm not throwing shade at Elkanah. I'm actually relating to him. But let me read this story to you that kind of illustrates how Elkanah, man, he did his best, but, but he didn't get it right. So verses 4 and 5 of that same chapter, it says, Whenever the day came from Elkanah to sacrifice, meaning he would, he would travel um, to the temple and they would offer sacrifices, which was the custom at their time, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Peninnah and to all her sons and daughters. Now watch this. But he gave to Hannah a double portion of the meat because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. Okay, are you guys seeing what happens here? He's trying to make her feel better by giving her more meat. He's like, here, baby, I got you. Have another steak. I know, 
I got you. And, and it's funny, but like I think the principle still applies because lots of times, men, we try to help women resolve their inner conflict through external means. Let me write, write this down if you're taking notes. You cannot resolve an internal conflict through external medications. You just cannot do that. I know some of you, when your wife is in a mood, you're like, here, baby, here's a credit card. Go get some retail therapy. But that ain't going to do it. Now, I know there's some women here that are like, try me, Pastor Josh. Just try me. Listen, clothes fade, all right? They wrinkle, you know? Sometimes guys were like, I know what you need, baby girl. Just go get some alone time. Or sometimes, and, and I'm kind of like this. I get like elk and I'm like, you just need to eat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I feel like our wives could be so like... Um, you know, they, they can overdo it when it comes to, like, how they feel about themselves and their body. And I'm like, come on, baby, just eat some food. You're going to feel much You're better. You're such a foodie. <laughs> I love food. Um, and, and so this is what we do, guys. This is what we do. And, and it really is our best attempt to try to fix something. Because I don't know about you, but I'm a fixer, right? Like, like when my wife it tells me, um, like, like, this is what's going on, right away I'm, like, rolling up my sleeves. I'm like, I can fix this. I can fix this. Let me give you some free advice, man. There's really one of two things that your wife needs to do, uh, needs from you in these situations. Sometimes she needs a fixer. That's sometimes. The other time, she just needs a listener. Okay, guys? So sometimes the best thing you can do is listen, right? Now, now to the women, it'd be great if you would just tell us what you want. <laughs> just a little lob, like. Okay, just a little lob. Like, maybe you just say, hey, I don't need you to fix it. Just listen. Got it. I will listen. But, um, but to the women, I would just say that, like, when your husband is trying, he's really trying, so go easy on him because he really is trying. And have a little grace because I think a lot of times we're like Elkanah. Um, we see our wives struggling with something, and we want to jump in and be a savior, but we really can't. And um, here's what I've learned over time. Um, we need to learn how to turn our wife's attention to really the only one who can heal her. Uh, let me say it's this side of the room over here. Okay. Sometimes the only thing we can do is shift our wife's attention to the only one that can truly help her. I know we want to fix it. I know we want to roll up our sleeves. I mean, anytime my wife tells me that she's having a conflict with a coworker, I'm about ready to show up. <laughs> I'll have a conversation with that coworker for her. But, but what Elkanah was trying to do was take care of her through food, and, and the Bible tells us that the Lord shut up her womb. Did you guys catch that? So this was God's doing. No bologna sandwich was going to fix what God did. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care how good that sandwich is. The Lord shut her womb. And so no meat was ever going to make her feel better. So what he needed to learn was she didn't need a sandwich. What she needed was a breakthrough. You guys catching that? This is why women need a man that can lead them into the presence of God. Okay, single girls, write, you better write that down. Right. I know abs are cool, but at some point, you know, if he can't lead you into the presence of God, you're going to have conflicts that no amount of abs are going to fix. Say amen real loud, gentlemen. All my husky brothers, amen. It's like, I ain't got abs, but I can pray, baby. Then flex on that, you know? Like, I can fast. I don't look like it, but I will. And I'm just kidding. And listen, men, women don't need another bag. What she needs is a praying husband. Okay, women, doesn't, women don't need retail therapy. What they need is for you to cover them in prayer. Because sometimes she's fighting an internal enemy, and this enemy is wreaking havoc in her mind. And what she really needs most from you is for you to direct her into the presence of God. And I believe that's why we're helpmates, right? Yeah, we absolutely. help each other. So if I'm down, 
I hope that our men are holding us up. And so now that our men have been fired up, let's get back to Hannah. So it took Hannah a while. The Bible says that it was years of teasing, years of taunting, years of provoking. Peninnah had like several children. So yeah. this was a long time, and Hannah didn't know what to do. But finally, she got to an altar. Yeah. Finally, she had enough, and she figured out what she needed to do. And that's where I want to lean in today. Because why is it that our first resort becomes our last resort? Why is that something that um, we do in our culture? My hope and prayer is that none of us do that here at Lighthouse Church, and none of you do that because that's not going to be the solution. Have you heard of that um, saying that says where... When you've tried everything and, and it hasn't worked, then try Jesus. Why is it that we say that? We're not going to do that. Come on. Um, we're going to try to placate our hurt through stuff. Right. I mean, I teach coping skills, so coping skills are great. Extra meat, go shopping, have a spa day, sure. They're going to be um, fixers, but they're not going to be healers. Come on. And um, we're, we're not going to try to resolve our conflicts with shopping or spa days. I mean, women, we love spas, right? Am I alone? We love shopping days. I love fashion, beauty, all that good stuff. We're not saying men. We're not saying we don't want those, okay? Just clearing it up for the, the women in the house. <laughs> we're just saying that that's not going to be your inner healing. Your inner healing is at an altar, And that's where Hannah found herself because inner conflicts should bring us to our creator for healing. Inner conflicts should drive us to have an encounter with our heavenly father who hears us, who loves us, who wants to walk our valley lows and our mountaintops with us. He doesn't want us to endure mental attacks on our own with spa days and, and shopping days. I mean, those are great, but... He wants you. He wants you. He wants to hear you. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to have an altar. Uh And he wants you to have the real thing. You all know knockoffs, right? Uh I mean, I love me some knockoff because sometimes... We've all been there with our (laughs) knockoffs. Sometimes, you know, it's awesome to have a lookalike and something that you really don't want to pay all that money for. But when the seam is coming undone... When, um, you know, one sleeves a little longer than, other, than the other or the garment falls, off, uh, falls apart after one wash, you're reminded that you bought the knockoff. And the thing about knockoffs is that they don't really last. Like coping skills. I teach coping skills. I love coping skills, but they don't last. And you have to use another one. Then you have to use another one. And then you have to use another one. But God is our healer. He's our ultimate healer. And so you need Jesus. You need the Holy Spirit, women. You need to surrender to our Heavenly Father who loves us and hears us and wants to be with you. Hannah prayed, and she laid it all at the altar. 1 Samuel 1.10 says, In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 13 to 15 says, Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? 
Put away your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Hannah surrendered her affliction. She had a desperate and a very honest prayer. She didn't need a bigger piece of meat from Elkanah. She didn't need to be reminded from Elkanah that he was enough to satisfy her. She didn't need any children. She wanted children. She needed to put that load, unload on Jesus. She needed her heavenly father to fill her with peace and joy. And um, she needed the Holy Spirit to overcome the other woman, her rival. Come on. And we're going to come to a close now, but I want to share with you some of the effects of Hannah's prayer. And in order for me to do this, I'm going to have to teach you a little bit of uh, theology here. So, so hang with me for a quick minute. Hannah, as she was praying, eventually the prophet came to her and he said, the Lord has heard your prayer and he's going to give you a son. Hannah had a son and named him Samuel. Can you all say Samuel? Samuel. We got a lot of Sams at this church. This is a great name, okay? We learned. I think there's 20 Sams under this tent. All prophets, okay? <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but she had a son and named him Samuel. Now, when you study the Bible, you're going to realize that Samuel's great, 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 great grandfather was a gentleman by the name of Korah. Can you all say Korah? Korah? Korah was part of the very first Levites. These were the priests where they were responsible for ministering in the tabernacle when Israel had left Egypt and they were wandering in the wilderness, God spoke to Moses and said, Korah, he's going to be ministering to me. He is a Levite. He's going to minister to me in the tabernacle. Well, that wasn't good enough for Korah. In time, Korah was like, Moses, I got a grievance with you, Moses. I'm done being a Levite. I don't want to work in the tabernacle anymore. I'd rather do something else. And then he actually got a whole coup. He, he got 250 people, and he, he led a revolt against Moses' leadership and was complaining about this journey in the wilderness. Now, how many know that God don't play? Like, like God don't play. Like, you, you can't mess with God's order and his authority. And so the Bible says that Moses goes to Korah. And I'm paraphrasing this story, but hang with me. Moses goes to Korah. It's like, Korah. You really shouldn't mess like this. Like God plays for keeps, you know what I'm saying, Korah? So let's not do this right now. And Korah's like, no, I'm done being a priest in the tabernacle. Again, this is Samuel's great, 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 great grandfather. So finally, Moses says, okay. And then he warned a bunch of people. Y'all put some distance between you and Korah because I think God's about to judge him. And in that moment, the Bible says that the earth opened up and it swallowed Korah. And the 250 people that revolted against Moses. I'm telling you, God don't play. Listen to me, kids. When your mama said God don't play, she ain't lying, all right? (laughs) Believe her. (laughs) And so the earth swallowed up all of that generation. And the Bible says something kind of strange. It says, but the Lord did not kill the sons of Korah. But yet they were now gone from, they were relieved from their duties in the tabernacle. Until Hannah prayed for a son. And when Hannah prayed for a son, she gave birth to a prophet, not just any old boy, but a prophet by the name of Samuel. And Samuel would restore the lineage of Korah. Now, if you fast forward, I want you to get this now. If you fast forward, 
when when David becomes a king of Israel, he needs to move the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. He tried to do it by putting it on a cart, but that's not how it works. You see, the Bible says that God told Moses when it's time to move the cart, Korah and his family, they were the only ones allowed to move the Ark of the Covenant. And so they they were they so and so all of that generation was gone. And so when it was time to move now the Ark of the Covenant, David's like, I got to do it the way that God told us to do it. So do you want to know what David did? Because Samuel had restored the lineage of Korah, he said, all you sons of Korah, I'm not done with you yet. And more importantly, God's not done with you yet. He's going to bring you back to service in the temple, and you're going to carry this Ark all the way into Jerusalem. See, you need to understand something. When Hannah poured her soul out to God God didn't just heal her and God didn't just hear her prayer but I want you to get this God used that conflict in her life to create a beautiful story of redemption for an entire family an entire people group was saved because of Hannah's prayers you guys want to know something even like that super rat I'm a bible nerd guys you know this about me we go we we go off on this stuff all right go read the book of psalms you're going to see some psalms, and it's going to say, from the psalmists, the sons of Korah. That's how God allowed them to come back. These, these original group of people that rebelled against Moses, God redeemed them. And in the psalms, you'll see psalms that were written by the sons of Korah. Because that's how great the love of our father is. That even when we're at our worst, he still loves us. Even when we turned our back on him, he doesn't turn his back on us. Even when we're not enough, he says, I love you, I'll redeem you, and I'll bring you back. That is the power. Listen to me, moms. That is the power of a praying mother. That is the power of a praying mother. So so you got a kid that's far from God. Keep on praying right now. So you've got a wayward husband. Keep on praying. So you've got grandkids that aren't walking in the faith. Keep on praying because God hears the prayers of mothers. God knows the hearts of mothers. And he's going to save your children. He's going to save your grandchildren. And he can save your husband. That's some earth-shattering power, women. You all are filled with earth-powering and shaking power from Jesus if you use it, right? If we go to Jesus and surrender, he will use you. And right now, I want to pray not just over our mothers that are here today, but over everyone here because this month we've been tackling um, the theme of mental health. And I think that we ought to ask ourselves right now in this moment, um, what other ideal person is living in my head? Who am I measuring up to that I can never be? Who is just racking, you're like just messing up my moods, my emotions, and my life? I mean, he will steal your joy of your children. This age that they're with you vanishes. You know, I have lots of moms telling me today, enjoy the age. I'm like, tell that to my muscles <laughs> who hurt. We're tired. You know? We're tired. <laughs> Um, and the enemy wants to steal your joy. He wants to rob you of the blessing of stewarding your children in the way of the Lord. But not today. But not here at Lighthouse. And I want to invite you and let you know that God loves you. He is with you. You are enough. 
God gave you the children that you have because you have what it takes. And he trusts you. Now, he loves you, not that person you're thinking about, not that person you're striving yeah. to be, yeah. not that person that you really hope you would be, but that, but you, raw, you, messed up you, weak you, you're not weak, you're not all those things. You are perfectly and wonderfully made, and yeah. you are enough. God is with you. Come on. And so he is not a God that makes mistakes not a, a God that makes mistakes, and I believe that you're here on purpose. So if you join me in prayer, I'd love to pray for you right now in this moment. If you close your eyes and bow your head, dear God, I just want to thank you for everyone that is here in this place today, Lord. I believe that you have spoken a word over us, God. I believe that there is peace. I believe that there are strongholds broken by your mighty name right now in this place, God. We are not going to measure up ourselves to that impossible person that is in our minds, to that person that we're trying to strive to be, that we can never be, God, but we're going to be here Lord, underneath your power and presence, God, knowing fully well that you have made us wonderfully well and that you have purposed us to be the mother to our children, God. And we're going to walk with our heads held high, God. We're going to walk full of strength, God. We're going to walk, God, on purpose with our children. The enemy is not taking another day from me today, God. I pray, God, that these women become faith-filled women, God, who prophesy to their children, God, who speak up to them, Lord. And I pray, Lord, a special blessing. I thank you, God, for being here. Hey, right there where you're at, would you stand to your feet? And um, before we go, I do want to give an extra time for ministry. And um, come on, moms. How many were blessed by that incredible word that Pastor Joanna brought right now? Just kind of speaking in. One of the things that we do here at this church and we'll never shy away from is opening up these altars and really having an opportunity to pray with you. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to go into worship, but we would love to pray for any mom that wants prayer. It might just be mom wanting to grab your kiddos and meet us here at the altar. We'd love to pray with you. So as a matter of fact, I'm going to ask my pastors to come on up right now, and they're going to be ready to pray with you, and we're going to go into worship right now. But again, we never like to close our service without giving an opportunity to pray for you all. So if there are any moms that want to come, any, any families that want to come, we would love to pray with you right now. We want to just bless you today. We just want to believe that God is healing right now. You don't have to compare yourself to that imaginary woman living in your head. But today's a day where you can be freed from living up to unrealistic expectations. You can receive what God has for you today. The power of Christ can meet you here. Come on, these altars are open. Come on, women, let the power of God rewrite the history in your life. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.